Hi, I'm Britton LaRue, and this is Moon to Moon. Moon to Moon is a space to consider, celebrate, and share the ways we come home to ourselves, anchor through change, and uncover our power. One month, one phase, one loving step at a time. Dear listeners, I am so excited to share this new episode for Moon to Moon in which I converse, I laugh, I get curious, I celebrate and witness a treasure of a human in my life named Angela George. This episode is one in a series that I do on Moon to Moon called Living the Fuck Out of Your Chart. Many listeners are very aware of this series. You enjoy them already. Um, Two of the Living the Fuck Out of Your Charts uh, episodes are in my top five ever episodes. And they're just really popular. It's fun. Um, so if you're a new listener, let me just tell you a little bit about the series and then I'm going to introduce Angela and then we're going to hop into the conversation. So living the fuck out of your chart is a phrasing that's very fun. (laughs) It's very fun. Um, it suggests that. There are those who have found a way to like ring their chart of its essence through the way they live. They're like nailing the chart's assignment, we might say. And that's really fun and feisty and sassy. (laughs) And it's been a joy for me to engage in the series because everyone that I've invited on to talk about their charts just is so clearly living the fuck out out of it, you know? And also, I'm going to let you in on the big secret, everyone's living the fuck out of their chart. I've never met anybody who's not living the fuck out of their chart. Um, That's the, the cute um, like reverse of it is like, it can feel like someone's living the fuck out of their chart when you talk with them about their chart. But as an astrologer, I can tell you that I've never met anyone who isn't living the fuck out of their chart. So (laughs) I, I truly could have anyone on and I would talk about how they're living the fuck out of their chart with them. Um, so that's, that's really fun. Um, and that's the, That's the not-so-secret, big secret behind the idea. 
And sometimes I do living the fuck out of your chart um, episodes where I call them a blank edition, like I insert a sign and I invite someone who's like really living a sign. And um, in fact, those are the ones I've been doing for the last maybe 10, 11 months. I've had a Scorpio, a Capricorn, an Aries, and now Leo. I think those are the only ones I've done. And in each of those cases, someone has multiple planets in that sign, and we still talk about their other placements and we talk about other signs, but there's a kind of extra emphasis on the way that person is really emanating the the essence of that energy that is that sign. And I've been putting those inside the sign season that we're talking about. So here in this episode with Angela George, I'm calling it a Leo edition because Angela is a Leo son born on August 11th. And also we talk a lot about Libra. We talk a lot about Virgo. She has more placements in Virgo than she has Leo. And um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her chart before we pop in so that you're mentally prepared if you're somebody who tracks charts and is learning about charts. So let me just say a little bit about something, a little bit about that. Some, some of you who come to Moon to Moon are just learning astrology or um, don't know anything about astrology. And I completely welcome you. And it is my desire that you feel included in the astrological conversations that we have. And also, astrology is a language that takes a lot of time and focus and patience to learn. And there will be times where you may feel like you don't follow something that we're saying. And I'd love to encourage you to just let that wash over you stay with it and trust that things are landing like in the background things are digesting just follow like the spirit follow the spirit and the essence of what we're saying if anything from the vocabulary comes up that's over your head and you just you aren't there yet that's okay it's it's how you learn a language as you immerse yourself in it and um when I do a more astrologically focused moon to moon, I'm inviting you to just be in the conversation, even if some of it's not landing yet. It will if you stay with it. And for those of you who love charts, who are students of charts, I'm excited to share with you some of the aspects of Angela's chart that really feel so alive in the way that she lives her life and the experiences that she's had, the struggles she's had, the joys she's had, and, and really letting that come through, through what I share about her and what she shares about her own life. So Angela and I share how we met in the episode, and I'm not going to repeat anything. You can hear it very shortly. But I do want to just, I want to note now that many of you may know Angela, if you were in my first iteration of charting your course, which is the astrology foundations container I created in 2020, which is now composted to make way for a new container. Stay tuned. 
Um, but Angela was, was, uh, in the class and got to know many, many people who've become kind of, um, central in my community spaces. Uh, but most people may know Angela who are listening. If you have any of my workbooks, because Angela is the designer, the artist, the creative director of my workbook projects and is my business partner for those projects in our company in case of emergence, in case of emergence. And so if you have my workbooks in a way you already know Angela, because it's that, it's the Angela touch and the workbooks that make them look the way they look and create that experience of engaging with my content through design. Um, her designs invite you to experience astrology a certain way that I really, really vibe with and what's part of what makes our collaboration just very, very special. So yes, Angela is a central feature in my life and she really is a treasure to me. Um, she's a very, very special person. She's just, her heart is so big, which is such a Leo thing. She loves, she loves in a way that's truly limitless. That's limitless. Like anyone can be family to her. She has the capacity to love those she loves in a way that's um, like we're we're all really lucky to know Angela. You know, it's like what a blessing that my life crossed into her path. You know, because I get to receive that friendship, but I'm. It's not like I'm unique in hers in her world because. I'm sure there are countless people who count Angela as a treasure in their lives. Even people who probably only know her um, from a distance or you know, not even that intimately probably consider her a treasure because she truly sprinkles rainbow dust everywhere she goes and uh, in a way that is deeply abundant. It's deeply abundant she does not withhold. And that to me is one of the like really powerful essences of skillful Leo. So at the start of Leo season here, it is my joy to really step into Angela's Leonine light and share it with you. So I'm going to read her bio as per the back of the workbooks. Um, and then I'm going to share a little bit about her chart and we'll jump in. Okay. So here's Angela's bio. Angela is a creative director and branding maven living in Dallas, Texas. She has walked numerous companies through the branding exercise, both young enterprises and established brands looking for a fresh identity. At the core of her practice is always strategic conceptual design work. 
Her innovative outlook allows clients to articulate their unique qualities in ways that forge profound and lasting connections, which she then translates through the language of design. Angela founded her design company by George Partners in 2011 to focus her energy on the clientele she is most passionate about, lifestyle brands with an emphasis on food, fashion, and hospitality industries. In 2019, she leapt into a new adventure with her husband, Matt, another astrological match woven by the stars, if there ever was one. Together, they opened Lagoon Studio in the Dallas Design District. The 4,000-square-foot warehouse studio is a multifaceted space that serves as a blank canvas for creatives to make and create for their highest and best. Angela is a Leo sun, Virgo moon, and Libra rising, meaning that this shining Leo star is motivated by her Libran desire to create harmonious beauty in everything she touches. With her Virgo moon, there is a longing to be of service to these details, and it comes naturally to her to quickly discern, analyze, and understand what clients need and how she can use her gifts to celebrate and create for them. Angela is a devout student of these workbooks as much as she is the designer. She has just as much fun devouring the content and exploring in the rituals as she does crafting the spreads and deciphering the information to present for each new book. With so much swirling around this vivacious business owner, it's practices like these of turning to the stars, aligning with the tarot, and a daily yoga routine that help to keep her mind focused and heart-centered. You can follow along with her company's adventures on Instagram at By George Partners or check in with what's happening at the studio at In Lagoon. And I'll put those links in the bio. Yes, uh, I like to say um, that Angela is my first reader. Um, and that's a term that I got from all the years that I spent in art history writing research papers and make giving presentations on the relationship between text and image. Like this has been my passion for a very long time. And it's a, it's a thing people say that the illustrator is the first reader of a text in the sense that they then they see it before other people. And then they create the designs and illustrations based on their, um, response to the text, their interpretation of the text, their experience of the text, maybe even their interrogation or their challenge of the text, depending on the book that we're talking about. And so the designer, the illustrator, the artist that's working with the the writer, the poet, the editor, I've always been fascinated by that relationship and seen um, and appreciated how, how, um, essential and and important the illustrator slash designers creations are to the readers that come after who are experiencing the word of the text. And, um, I talk, I talk some about this in our conversation, but in that sense, Angela, you know, she's receiving a word document when I make a a workbook. Uh, and then she, from her receiving of it, creates something that is then what everyone else, um, reads and experiences. 
So, and I, I like this play too, because in my course container, The Magician's Table, I have the 13th reader. And so there's a kind of play in my world between first reader, who is Angela, and 13th reader, who is the individual that I work with to support the container of that course. So, um, without further ado, let me get into her chart then, to my first reader's chart. So, as I mentioned from the bio, Angela is a Libra rising, and she um, is born in the Pluto and Libra generation at the time when Pluto and Saturn were together last time. You may remember that one of the keynotes of 2020 was the Pluto-Saturn conjunction in January. And um, that is a gen- that is a signature that hadn't been seen since the early 80s when we saw it in Libra. So Angela is born with Pluto, Saturn in Libra in the first house. So because she's Libra rising, astrology students know then that her chart ruler, we would say, the ruler of her chart is the planet Venus because Venus is the planet that, so we say, rules Libra. Every sign is quote unquote ruled or guided by, shepherded by, cared for by, um, answering to a planet. And so her Venus then is in the 12th house in Virgo. And we didn't get into this, but, but um, Angela is a Venus retrograde baby. And there's not you don't see that as often as you would see like uh, the other planets, Mars and Venus. You don't see that as often in charts. Um, Angela is a Venus in Virgo retrograde with Mercury also um, in Virgo and also Moon in Virgo. So she has a stellium in Virgo in the 12th house. And then that Leo sun is in the 11th house, which we talk about. So um, Angela has like, Angela's very Leo Virgo Libra person and all those signs follow one another. And I think we can loop in cancer too here because um, like me, Angela is a Mars and cancer baby. And so she has got Mars right at the mid heaven, the top of the chart in cancer, like lots of energy for her career, you know, and, and, and she, what does she do in that career? She like nurtures things into being. Um, um, she also has a lot of Sagittarius invitations in her chart because she's got Jupiter, Uranus, uh, South Node, and Neptune on Sagittarius. So Sagittarius, Gemini um, axis is lit up in her chart, third house, ninth house, um, very much as well. We also talk about Pisces a lot, um, and we talk about Aquarius in her chart, but she doesn't have any major planets in those, those signs, but that students of astrology know that even if you don't have any planets in a house or a sign, like they're, they're still part of who you are and they're still teaching you things about yourself. It is the thesis of living the signs, the workbook series that you are all 12 signs because you are, you have all 12 of them in your chart and it supports you to be in kinship, in um, relationship, in learning with all of the signs 
that make up the zodiac. And um, Angela has these wonderful Piscean qualities, and we talk about how because Virgo is the polar or the opposite of Pisces, and she's got a ton of Virgo, what often happens with people, and I'm the reverse of this because I have a lot of Pisces, is like you find your way to balance yourself by going the other way, right? So people will tell me that I give them Virgo vibes, and I don't, even, I don't have anything in Virgo right? But I've got all this Pisces. And so I like, I learned in school, I learned in the outer world, shit, if I don't get this, if I don't balance my Pisces, like I am not going to succeed in this world. Like I've got a Virgo, I've got to get some Virgo going on in here. And Angela having all this Virgo, like found joys and blisses in her life by opening up into the Piscean parts of herself. And this is one of the many ways that we balance each other in our charts, which we talk about in the episode. And now I feel, I feel complete with the intro. So I'm excited to hand this over. I give you my conversation with my dear, dear, dear friend, Angela George. Welcome to Moon to Moon, Angela. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Listeners, we are seated at my kitchen table surrounded by candles and Angela's chart and we're sipping on a little bit of tequila and lime juice. It's my favorite. Cheers. And we... It's just so fun for me because usually I do moon to moon over Zoom. Yeah. But with Angela, Angela's here in Dallas, Texas, and yes. we get to be together. So I know. I'm excited to celebrate you. And usually, what I do at the beginning of Living the Fuck Out of Your Chart episodes is share how we connected yes. and let that be what begins the story. Yes. I love it. I love sharing that story. And I love hearing you tell it. (laughs) Please interrupt as details are overlooked. Of course. (laughs) Okay, so a fun little thing I did before we got on is I looked up the the date of when your first appointment booking came in. What? Oh, my God. What a fun surprise. So I have a chart for when uh, you reached out. Oh, that's so cool. And you you entered my field. Oh, my God. Tell me everything. (laughs) (laughs) That is so cool. So it's January 28th, 2019. Wow. there was an earlier one that I'm missing, but, but this it was, was a, like I emailed you then, probably right. So it was, was it a, the, the um, booking, like the oh, scheduling. Yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. So okay. you clicked submit. Yes. At 10:53 a.m. I love um, it. And so we had Sun in Aquarius, like almost exact with Mercury, mm-hmm. and at the top of the sky we have Saturn in Capricorn um, at the midheaven, and you know we work together, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, I I really love that there's like an initiatory moment yeah. that you can we can actually turn to yes. of like when um the connection began yeah and it was like yeah. I received that and there thus here we go who's Angela George yeah. this person has entered my life yeah and you were reaching out because you were in the process of making some decisions do you remember <laughs> some pretty huge decisions and life-changing um, things yes, yes yes I was in the middle and seeing that date I immediately transported back to where I was living my trans- transient lifestyle at the time because my husband and I had just purchased this dilapidated warehouse and we were in the process of renovating and transforming it into our dream live workspace and I was reaching out to you to be like is this gonna happen am I doing the right thing is this my right path is it is it ever going to happen and kind of in a sense of trying to get some clarity yes and answers there and I was in right in the middle of it at the beginning of January 2019 we had we didn't eventually see that fully um to fruition until the end of that year is when we finally did see the light at the end of the tunnel and got into our beautiful warehouse the studio lagoon where we have all of our creative meetings yes exactly lagoon (laughs) studio open for business here in dallas texas in the design district (laughs) living our creative dreams it's been so wonderful and it's so it's oh my gosh so much has happened since we first um opened up the space like a pandemic and the world changing and yes. all of that. Um, but it's so fun to look back at that time. And I remember how kind of just insecure I was about the process. Like, is this really going to happen? Yes. And um, that's just like almost precious to think about now because it's all happened in the most grand, beautiful, best of ways. Yeah. Of course it did. Yeah. Do you remember how long had you been with Matt dreaming that together yeah I mean from the beginning so um Matt and I got married in 2014 and right from the beginning you know when most people get married it's like you think about of course cohabitating you know you're gonna live together and we thought we were renting at the time and you think about okay I guess we get a house and we have a baby now or they like those are the normal steps people are like is that that what you're gonna do and we're kind of like no (laughs) We wanted all of those things, but we were really focused on our careers. And every time we would look at houses, we always were so disappointed because there seems to be this percentage of homes when you are living and working out of your space. I had been working on my own for a while then already. Um, I had already left the corporate ad world for at least, I think it was like five or so years before then. And um, so I was already working from home and... We always thought, like, every house we looked at, it's like a 90% house, and 10% of it would be, like, your art studio or your office or your place where you do whatever fill-in-the-bank creative thing or work thing is. And we just, that just didn't sit right with us. We're like, what if we flipped it? What if we had a space that was, like, 90% creative space that could be a fun, beautiful blank canvas for creativity? And we live in like a tiny little 10% of it. (laughs) So that definitely does not work for most people. But for us, it's so perfect. And we talked about it and dreamt about it for a long, long time. I mean, I'd say even before we got married. But when we got married in 2014, that's when we first really started uh, looking at places and dreaming about it. And I mean, it took so long at looking at a lot of different homes and then started to look at commercial property. And then it was in 2018 that we finally found the place and um, put 
money in and started the year and a half long renovation project. Yes. And then we finally got in at the end of 2019. Oh my goodness. And it's wonderful and I love it so much and I wouldn't (laughs) change a thing. There's always fun things that I want to change and add and like, you know, embellish on in the space. And there's always fun projects that I want to do there, but I'm just so, so happy that it worked out, that it has worked out the way that it has. Yes. Yeah. I, um... I, be- I believe I encouraged you to, you to move forward. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I should have gone back and listened to that first reading before we chatted today. That would have been you. fun. Look what I have. Oh, my God. You have all these surprises. Look at you. This is so funny. She just put in front of me a picture that I emailed or texted her after she did her first chart reading for me. And I... <laughs> I'm such a journal nerd. This is this is the beginning of our spot being journal nerds. Because I sent her a picture of my sketchbook. I was taking all of these diligent notes from Britain's um, uh, year ahead chart reading, what she did for me. And it's these fun little quotes in my little illustrative style. And there's like this arc over the Libra sign talking about my rising sign. And I'm using all of Britain's words, like her exact words verbatim, and putting them in my fun little handwritten graphic style. And um, that's so funny. You printed it out to have on the table. I love this. Because there's so many big takeaways here that yeah. I was thinking that had been kind of like mantras for myself since then. And um, and I was actually looking for this book a couple days ago. I couldn't find it. Oh. So I'm so glad that you have this picture. Um, this is so great. I love it so much. <laughs> we'll, we'll read some of the things in a second, I feel like. But, I know. Yeah. I have, but I'm trying to see. Is it? Yeah. This is. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's another one. Mm-hmm. Here's another page. There were multiple <laughs> spreads in the sketchbook. Of, um, <laughs> That's your Leo page. So I guess in Virgo. I love it so much. I mean, there are things in here that like, okay, so one of the mantras that I, that was such an aha moment when you did this reading for me was talking about, um, and I wonder what, if it says the exact thing, but let me see if I can like read my own handwriting here. Um, fix what we need to energy of a room. So I have the, I want to often, I feel like when I enter a room, I want to fix the energy that's in that room. Um, that's definitely like my Libra rising, uh, right there wanting to just like make everyone around me happy. And just like energetically, I, I use this now as a superpower. And now that I know, and I'm empowered by this information that like, it used to suck the life out of me, but now I know that this is my secret power that I can use. Watch this. (laughs) Um, that like literally when I walk into a room, I can feel people's energy and I before would you know, whether I knew it or not, I would want to like take their bad mood and fix it for them, like fix their energy and give it back to them just because that would make me feel comfortable. But that's not necessarily, that's well, it's n- definitely not healthy. And you told me, and this is what I put in big letters right next to it. That is not a fair contract. <laughs> <laughs> and so I remind myself that all the time. I've done a lot of energetically uh, <sighs> protection and boundaries around my energy so that I'm not letting other people's energy that affect me in that way. Yes. And so that's my superpower to protect myself. It can also be my empathetic superpower to help people for sure. Yes. Um, I know that's a, you know, a wonderful blessing that I can give to people when I'm, my friends need me and um, even just a stranger or someone that needs me. I can tell that um, I can share space with someone and put them at ease and mm. I'm so thankful that I have that gift. Do you have a choice? I have a choice. Yes. Yeah. I know now that I have a choice, which mm. is amazing. You taught me that in our very first reading. <laughs> and 
I love how you did. I have that meditation, all of me inside yes. of me. You wrote that, and then you did a Virgo I squiggle did. on the M. <laughs> Yep, yep, all of me inside of me. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. This is so great. Yeah. Well, and so on my end, I'm thinking, whoa, like I, in, you know, in art history, studied the relationship between artists and, and, and writers and mm-hmm. poets and what artists could do to texts as they took the text of writers and like made it more graphic and made it part of the experience of receiving the the content of the text and watching you take my words and wrap them and bold them and turn them into symbols it was like oh my gosh what's happening what's happening (laughs) like my past is colliding with my present and this person is blowing my mind oh my gosh thank you (laughs) plus just like the sincerity the sincerity of your desire to be with yourself Mm -hmm. and be with where you were in your life in that moment and grow and learn and like just augment your own gifts the fact that you did such a beautiful um tapestry here in your journal just really touched my heart because i love that sincerity so much thank you thank you so much (laughs) and you really bring that sincerity i feel like to everything that you do thank you that's making me like teary (laughs) right it's so so fun fun. i'm so glad you found this i know i this Um, is like just uh, an hour or so ago and so then soon after that, mm-hmm. I put I was up- like, I'm in. Like, after- <laughs> I know where you're going with this. And like a second after that, because I will remind just a second before, I had had Please. a couple um, astrology birth chart readings before from other astrologers that were great. And at the time I was searching for you, um, I was like, man, I really want to find an astrologer that like, you know, maybe could teach me more than that's not just like a fortune teller astrologer you know what I mean which a lot of people see astrology as that and I guilty used to as well like I wanted to go the same way I would visit with the mystics and the psychics in Jackson Square in Louisiana like I still do that and I still think that's so fun and entertaining but I was wanting something more because I knew astrology could offer so much more and um so I found you and you gave me this beautiful reading and I was like I am in I hope she's gonna be doing more stuff and then right after that you did you put out your first course yes. right the Neptune vibes and I remember even reading it and being like I'm not that Neptune even a person or a thing but I was like I am so in whatever she's putting out I am I am in I want all the information <laughs> that's right yeah, yeah. and I didn't print these out, but then after Neptune Vibes, you sent me like your altar yeah. illustrations and everything that you were doing with Neptunian and Piscean yeah. uh, imagery. It was just like, wow. Like it really affected me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and in fact, it almost like, um, like I needed to take a pause. Like, whoa, like what I say can... How watching how it can be transformed by another being mm. as it, it like takes hold in their yeah. own imagination. Yeah. I I was like realizing that what astrology can offer when you speak it a certain way. Yeah. And so then we didn't have contact till we like never even met in October. person. Right. We yeah. never met in person. We yeah. didn't even have cameras on for no. the because it was a recorded reading. Right. Right. 
And then I, I, I was at a, like a flea market deal, say November-ish in mm-hmm. 2019, and I had announced it on Instagram, mm-hmm. and then... I popped up! You sat like, down hey. in a chair! <laughs> and I was like, hey, you're doing tarot readings and the thing, and you're like, okay, welcome, would you like a tarot reading? I remember you were there with your daughter, Sylvia, and I was like, I'm Angela George. <laughs> showed me your journals and like we got really nerdy about (laughs) journaling all the journaling sketchbook things and stuff it was so fun to see like your stacks of journals and my stacks of sketchbooks and journals together and like (laughs) just be like oh my god there's two of us like (laughs) I thought I was the only one (laughs) exactly so funny and then immediately it was like we could do and then we yes. just started talking, and uh, I, we talked about doing a moon journal. We talked about a planner, potentially, with the astrology. Mm-hmm. We talked about all kinds of things. A tarot deck. Yes, that's still always Still on yes. the table. And, um, and then I was like, well, in the short term, I have a PDF of this um, guide to setting intentions with astrology for the new year, like... I was about to give it to away for like $11 a PDF to my newsletter. Like, do you know how to make workbooks? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, let me tell you what I can do here. Let me tell you a little bit about my background of advertising and design and my printing capabilities. It's like, what? Um, so, yeah. Oh, and likewise. Yeah. You talked to me about helping me with branding, with a yes. logo. Yes, exactly. Right. Actually, and it was yep. like, oh, wait, you do all this stuff? Like, yeah. I didn't realize that you had this massive background and all this experience. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and so then I got to find out what you can do. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like totally dazzled in return because you just have so much skill as a oh. creator. Thank you. Yeah. It was so fun. And this is like, 
I mean, yeah, that conversation with you, I don't even remember, but I guess we probably did talk about branding for you, but also more just like I was sharing that I do uh, branding and design and that type of work. But um, yeah, I just remember um, wanting to show you, like, you know, I think I showed you some of the magazine, probably the Union magazine that I designed. That was the magazine my husband and I put out together for, (laughs) I say it's a magazine, like the program for our wedding, but it was this really fun, funky, cool um, like 70 page book that we put together for all of our wedding guests that came out to Marfa, Texas for our wedding. And that still is one of my favorite pieces that we've ever, that I've ever put into the world. Um, and then showed you a handful of other, uh, printed pieces that I'd done, talked a little bit about my advertising and branding design work and background. And was like, yeah, I mean, if you ever want like a logo or someone to look at your site or stuff like that, I'd be happy to do that. But let's talk about workshops. And yes. <laughs> I wasn't even trying to like necessarily steer in that direction, but that was the start of it. And, um, I just remember like the biggest thing from that meeting being so excited and because you were already, um, like talking about how you wanted to teach, you had already taught one course. You were talking about the next course you were going to do. You're going to put this PDF of seeding the year out. And I'm like, let's start here. I can turn this into it really quickly. I can turn this into a printed piece for you. I had the connections to make that happen. You can charge this and we can market, you know, all the things. So that was such a fun, like, intro to collaboration. And now, oh, my gosh, you guys. If anyone that's listening to this, I got that very first teeny tiny little, I think it was five by seven, seeding the year booklet. <laughs> um, thank you so much, first of all, for being one of the first people yes. to purchase the first thing that we created together. But it's so, like, precious in comparison it to is. these giant, dense, beautiful, amazing workbooks that we now put out. Um, but that was just the first little start. It was. It so was. And to me, it was like this, like, Toshin. Is that how you pronounce it? It, it, it was like, what? Like, I had, this is fascinating. Oh, my God. Um, that was amazing. And then the it was so f- incredible to experience branding and logo with you. That was yeah. the next thing that really is, like, that was happening at the same time that I started imagining the, a Pisces class that had a workbook yes. and asking you to help me with yes. that because they were – I feel like living the signs was designed alongside basically my yeah. logo. Yeah, yeah, um, it was with you. It was, and um, just being able to witness. And I feel like so much of this is this kind of Virgo moon in the twelfth house that you have of just being extremely intuitive, um, psychic, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. At being able to, and your chart ruler also is in the twelfth house because mm-hmm. you're Libra rising. Your chart ruler is Venus and the, and Mercury also in the twelfth house. Um, just, I really didn't give you a whole lot, but you guided me on how to kind of like. It was almost like you just needed to put your hands up against my energy and feel it, mm. and yeah. then that was it. Like next thing you know, I've got a presentation of three design styles to go with. (laughs) (laughs) And I loved all of them, but we all know the one that won. Yes. And uh, I almost can't even remember the others, but where we are now is perfect. I can't imagine. It's so perfect. I can't imagine. This was the one that I saw and I was like, there is nothing else that this could be. Like this is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very proud of it. The work that I've done with you and for you has been some of my favorite work I've ever done. 
Oh, that's not why. That's for real. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so great, like, as a creative to be able to work with dream clients and dream projects. Of, you know, as people that work in advertising and design and branding and all that, um, oftentimes we'll be working on, you know, like a, a logo for a dentist. Or, like, I yes. remember, like, one of the most boring things ever when I was at Richard's Group working on. Uh, I can't, what's the movie the, uh, I probably shouldn't say the name of the company, but it was a, <laughs> it was a concrete pipe company. So awesome. they literally make gigantic concrete pipes for like, you know, for cities. And it was like so boring. <laughs> I'm like doing logos for this Texas concrete pipe company. I'm sure they're paying tons of money for this. Yeah, it's a huge company. And it's just like, you know, great. So great. Like, can I, I please put my energy <laughs> feelers up against yeah, concrete pipes? Else. Yes, please. But you know, you do it and you find fun ways, makes ways to make, or I find ways to make I that fun for myself. Do. And, um, you know, it's just so wonderful and such a blessing to be able to do work that I, because I was going to say, you become a little bit of a micro expert in these weird things that you get mm-hmm. empowered to create for. And so I had to learn about, you know, one genre or another is if I'm, when I'm doing design work for them. But I was so hungry to be learning about astrology from the get-go. That's why I reached out to you to begin with. And then to be able to fully immerse myself in learning all of this so that I can be the best designer I can be for this work. It's just yes. it's been so amazing. Yes. What a fun ride. Yeah. So rich. And... That Pisces workshop then was at Lagoon. Yes, yeah. So the idea the is an in-person, we're mm-hmm. going to do Neptune vibes, but it's going to be in-person, and we're calling it Into the Waves. Yes. And we co-taught it with your brother, who's yes. also a Pisces. Yes, my Pisces, Sean Mondragon. He's and so he's awesome. trained in dream, what do we call it, dream tending? Work. Dream tending, Dream yes. tending. Yes. And I taught about the astrology and the tarot associated with Pisces and Neptune, and then you taught watercolor. Yeah, which was so so fun. (laughs) Yeah, we had a fun little watercolor session. And the Pisces workbook was a significantly larger um, document. sure um and that was our very first living the science pisces workbook yes was for that workshop and we did it not thinking necessarily we would do more it was like we just went over the top for the you know 12 people i know i know if i'm being honest though i knew we were gonna do all. yeah i did too but i think i couldn't think about it too much or i'd get overwhelmed yeah yeah I, I knew we were going to do all of it. I was just like, okay, we're doing this for the deadline that is the Pisces workshop. But I was like, I knew, and this is what kind of helped me um, put it out there before I knew it was perfect. Yes. Um, because, I mean, <laughs> for those of you listening, again, if you were some of the earlier subscribers, you know that we've had typos and things, and it's changed a little bit. The design evolution um well, it has evolved a little bit from the very, very first Pisces yes. iteration to where we are now. Because it just took printing a few to get um, just really all of the kinks worked out. Mm-hmm. And we were in such a, um, I don't want to say rush, but yeah, I mean, it was our self-imposed deadlines of wanting to get the books out for each season. But the Pisces one, I remember doing for that workshop and being like, you know what? It is just for a small group. We're going to put it out now. It's going to be a great test, great case study. We're going to just, like, get it out there. And then once I get that in my hands, I'll know how to edit it for Aries. And then I'll know how to edit again for the next sign. And then we'll redo them later. And then later. Redo, redo, redo. redo. And we knew that we would be our 
our own best critics um, because we are you know, really nerdy about journals. Yes, yes. <laughs> As has been established. And so then um, I was, I ended up being hired to teach in early March, right before lockdown, a mm. moon cycle class. And I was like, hey, do you think we could also like throw in this moon journal? And I, I wrote moon to moon in maybe seven days. Which is like wild. Like 10 days. You guys, if y'all own moon <laughs> to moon, can you please wrap your head around that? Like, that's one of the thicker books that we have out yes. there now. And she wrote that in seven to 10 days? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, I mean, I probably spent the same time on design. Yeah. Which is still, like, that's it. But, like, I, just, I, that's mind-blowing to me. It really um, is. Yeah. It was, On top of also, did we do Aries at the same time? We were doing we Aries and Moon to Moon at the same time. So simultaneously, time. we were doing Aries. Yeah. You had maybe written or started or something, but yeah. Yeah. That book it's, with- it's probably the most channeled thing I've ever done because I literally had to just like open, open, open. Yeah. And not um, harden around doubt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because of the deadlines, which yep. an Aries Rising loves. Yes. <laughs> and so it was like, I can do it. Yes. Um, and I think that the Virgo part of you had to just relax enough to just just let it go. Oh, like we, we will we will just correct it later. Yeah. Yeah. It will get perfect as we go. Yep. Yep, that happens to me a lot. That's actually why I'm drinking tequila right now, too, so that the Virgo part of me doesn't get in the way of what could be a really fun, loose interview. Um, my Virgo sitting right next to Mercury is just, like, sometimes can get in the way of my words, I yes, feel like, and yes. overanalyze some things, and I don't want to be like that, you know, when I'm yes. wanting to be loose and free and just conversational. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. then we did it, like... Y'all may remember going back 2020 in March, that last week that we were supposed to have our final meetup for Into the Waves, the Pisces workshop, Mm -hmm. we had to do it online Mm -hmm. and everyone's like, please tell us you're doing other signs. And we're like, we're working on it. And it was in that window that it was like, though I could teach an astrology class, which you joined us for the first training your course. Mm -hmm. And, um, we worked round the clock for nine months Amazing. to finish not only the other signs, but an, a, a double in size seating the year. Yeah. At maybe least. Double? Maybe quadru- triple. Yeah. <laughs> quadruple. But I also exaggerate sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it's massive in scale compared to um, the first seating year, but it was right in line with the other workbooks that we've done. So it's like, yes. oh, we got this. We're in the, you know, the marathon. We're like, which I've never run a marathon. You've run four? Yes. So <laughs> I'm loosely using that as someone who does not run marathons, but that's what it was. It felt like we were in it and we're going and we're going. It's like, what's just add on another <laughs> 150 plus page work. We're in the momentum. Not? Yeah. Yeah. We got this. I mean, a window of time where we talked or text or emailed every single day. Multiple times. Yeah. Barely saw each other in person because it was yeah. lockdown right. and yeah. quarantine. Yeah. And just like kept each other going. And we we really like barely had any conflicts like <laughs> at all. I mean like did we have I any? I think, can't think of one. The most the cover I think we most went back and forth on was yeah. Taurus, maybe. Yeah, and that's just like on picking the swirl that oh, are not that, working as well. That, like, Even the big scheme of things where it's like the cover design, the big picture layout has to look like this. Um, yeah, I can't even 
No, you were so trusting of my work, and I cannot tell you how much that means to me. I really can't put into words. That's going to make me weepy, so I can't let you know saying that. <laughs> oh, but that is just so beautiful, and I felt so um, uh, empowered by your trust in my work, and also so, like, I want to be the best steward of this trust. Like, I mm. can't fuck this up. <laughs> She trusts me so much and I want to just deliver with everything that I have. And I really do feel like I put everything that I had into every iteration of every workbook that we've ever done. You did. And, um, I am just so thankful for that because that is not the norm. That is not the norm with a client (laughs) designer relationship. I mean, I've had wonderful, beautiful, uh, client relationships over the time. So I don't want to make it sound like it's always a conflict. It's not. Um, but to be, I've never had one that has been as just immediately trusting as ours was. Yeah. And I think it's probably a past life connection. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should look at that at the charts later. We can look into the Akashic records. That'll be the next podcast. <laughs> yeah. But I, um, from the beginning, just really, I, I could just feel you understanding this project and as like I didn't even have a space to not trust like to to know that I could trust you was so powerful because I could let go of that and just like let you go and then it just became like this fun game of like I wonder what Angela's gonna dazzle me next (laughs) (laughs) because I what I love about what you do is it's like you just don't mail it in like you really commit all the way to like not only is this going to be pleasing, but it's going to startle you. It's mm-hmm. like you're just going to be like, oh, yes. You, you just want, it's like you crave yes. that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what you bring to it. And that in that way, I feel like the content, which I hope is also like that for people, is married to the design because they're both doing the, those same things together. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like a oh, beautiful marriage. It is, it is. <laughs> and then if we keep much. going, so then then we decided over the course of time that like we absolutely love creating together, mm-hmm. that we have created these beautiful babies mm-hmm. and we wanted to incorporate. And yep. so we decided to yep. become, in case of emergence... <laughs> February, let's see, the date of the birth of date in case of emergence, we have it, friends. February 17th, 2021, 10:17 a.m., when the moon was conjunct Uranus exactly on the ascendant. Yes. Um, with like everything else in Aquarius in the 10th house. Which and is we so didn't even crazy. pick that. No, no. It just happened that yeah. we like. I think that was when we did the meditation. That's when we did the meditation. Yes. But we didn't time it to an electional chart. No. It just looking back, oh my gosh, there it was. Yeah, that I just I just got chills <laughs> when you said that because I'm remembering how cool that chart is and how like the way everything comes together and the house like publications, right? Mm-hmm. And, Pluto at the mid heaven and in, in yes. the ninth house. So that was so cool because we did this meditation um, with oh, what's her name. Um, Sam Garcia's meeting the soul of your business. Yes, which was such a cool experience. So we did this thing together. It was kind of in this uh, group of, via Zoom, but with other people or 
it was an audit. I can't remember. I think it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. But we, um, at the same time, did this meditation to greet the soul of your business. And afterwards, Britton and I called each other right away to like talk about it and talk about <laughs> what we saw and what we were experiencing. And we both had some <laughs> incredibly just like psychic overlap that was mm-hmm. so cool. And we were just so excited about it. It was just, I remember that being such a beautiful thing. And that's when we were like, okay, this is, this is the birth chart of our business. Yes. Essentially. Yes. Yeah. Lightning yeah. bolts. Yes. Yes. Egg. <laughs> keys. Keys. <laughs> These are all symbols that we saw within our meditation that um, we did not talk about at all before and after. They were both totally random things. Well, not random, but it seemed like a um, weird W-Y-R-D things yes. that presented themselves to each of us in different ways. And we were like, oh my God. We it are- just felt like such a generous gift from spirit yes. to to say keep going like do it make this happen build it and our composite chart um, which if you haven't heard of that listeners a composite chart is a relationship chart so you can do it with anyone you have a relationship with um, of any kind where the 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 points in the chart are like blended mathematically somehow averages and that the nature of that chart tells you a ton about the nature of that relationship. And so Angela and I, of course, are Capricorn rising because, like, we work. We fucking work. <laughs> we get our shit done. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do and the, with Sun, Venus, Mercury, all in Gemini, yeah. like, just a million little things. We're like communicators. Com- combining all these different things together. Yep. Yep. And then we have Moon, again, conjunct Uranus, just like in the In Case of Emergence chart, and Scorpio in the 11th house, just, like, bringing, bringing this to people. Yeah. It's so, it's so magical. Fun. <laughs> I love it so much. I love it so much. I mean, when I think about all of, like, I love how you have so many charts here that we're giving little nuggets out about. Um, because it's one thing to hear one singular person's talk about their chart and their um, experiences and be like, oh, wow, that's cool how that worked out for them. But yes. to, like, I mean, I feel like. People all the time are like, is astrology real or whatever? And I love, this is my comeback now that you taught me from, or not taught, you say, like, it doesn't matter what you think of astrology is real, it's, is it helpful, right? Is it helpful? But I feel like I see this stuff like this, that's like, to the minute, you know, our charts, how they work out, it's like, this is real. Yes. There are some big, major signs from spirit, from the universe, whatever you want to call it, that have put us together and made us this amazing duo and we create all of these magical things together we do that's the that's the that's it yeah for those out there collaborating looking at your charts various charts is so fascinating and we're not even talking about my chart next to your chart because my three pisces yes planets are opposite than your virgo planets and Mm -hmm. my aries rising is polar to your libra rising yeah we have exact opposite charts pretty much which is the best balance it's so cool yeah and then we both have mars and cancer yep um it's really powerful and a really key difference and this really brings me to leo is that you are a leo and i have saturn in leo yeah and one of the things that is most healing for me about being around you is -hmm. like your like unfettered unblocked open access to that leo energy of play and having fun and just like gushing love and like giving love away just like giving it you just do that 
And the part of me that is Saturn in Leo that's like afraid, you know, just like afraid to do that or like I don't even know how to do that. Um, I feel like being your partner, having that chart opposition, like difference Mm -hmm. is where I I really feel myself healing and knowing you. It's just like loving the way you do Leo. Thank you. That's beautiful. (laughs) I love that. Makes my Leo heart swoon. And people don't really talk about it, but I feel like Leo and Pisces have an affinity. And I feel like... Yeah. There's... I feel like where it connects is joy. Um, Because I do feel connected deeply to joy and to creativity and imagination. Yes, imagination. I mean, you need what you can't have one without the other. Right. right? And I think about, I mean, obviously knowing you, my Pisces queen, and then my brother who is, he's a Pisces sun, Leo rising. Uh And um, I remember when I first found out he was Leo rising, I was like, really? (laughs) Like interesting and then like ever since then I've been kind of like looking at him like okay I see I see that now but before I've just known him as this you know beautiful dreamer like definitely creative but not in the same way necessarily artistically the way I am but like Mm -hmm. definitely a creative thinker and also deeply intuitive Mm. um my brother, it's my younger brother, but he's like an ancient soul. Yes. Like I always talk about him as my older, wiser, younger brother. And so um, it's so funny. But yeah, I mean, I definitely think Pisces has so much creativity. And I know that to be true with you for sure. And so I see that a lot with like my Pisces Leo people together. Yeah, that's been really cool to see lit up um, from knowing you. And I feel like you don't have Pisces placements, mm-hmm. but... Um, like my, my teacher, Adam Summers, a Virgo rising. And he once said, if you scratch a Virgo hard enough, you find a Pisces, <laughs> <laughs> which essentially works so for funny. all polar signs. Right. That's but so like, funny. if you scratch me hard enough, you find that I'm actually a real tinkerer and That's I like, so like funny. to perfect things like, and my Virgo can be very strong. Uh-huh. Um, wow. Especially I think for people with stelliums, so three or yeah. more planets and a sign, it's like you must learn to balance it by yes. going to the other. That makes sense. And it's because yeah. I feel your Pisces very palpably, even yeah. though you have no placements. I mean, there's you like show half it. Of, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at my chart right now. There's a half of the chart where there's nothing, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like the other half is like all the things, all the planets, all the stuff. And then the other side, there's just like crickets over there. But like all Libra rising, since you have Pisces in the sixth house, mm-hmm. and sixth house is like work, how you do the day. Yeah. I think that's such a big part of who we are. Oh, it is. You know? Well, you know, it's so funny. And this is so, speaks volumes to how I've really empowered myself. And I live the fuck out of my like sixth house Pisces. Okay. <laughs> so I have no planets there, but okay. Think of sixth house, the way I'm thinking about it, like a daily ritual and routine, right? Oh my gosh. <clears throat> and I'm Pisces there. So I'm like a little fish. Like I'll swim to one thing and then like swim to another. And there's no routine or rhyme or reason like I could never be the type of person that like wakes up at seven has your coffee exactly this one way and then you have your snack and then you go and you do some emails and then you do this other thing and then you're like 
that would never work for me. But of course, that's how I am with yeah, Virgo. And I know. Success. I know. See, like, I cannot, like, I always want something different. I want to keep it interesting. Every single day is different. Like, I always, and I'm so comfortable in that. Like, I go with the flow of my day, and I get all of my things done. It's not like I'm a scatterbrain when it comes to that, because I have the Virgo balance with my moon, my, you know, all of the things mm-hmm. in the exact opposite side of my chart. But I, um, yeah, I, it's funny when I first learned that, again, like, being empowered by knowing this information yeah it's like oh yeah like I've always knew that schedules felt very constricting to me and I've worked now on my own I've had my own company the design part of my company by George since 2011 so I've now worked for myself a lot longer than I ever worked for another company or entity or someone else yes um so I'm very comfortable in this like fluid routine and the thought of ever having to go to an office again every day <laughs> like I just can't imagine what that would feel like or be like that would not serve my sixth house Pisces very well yes yeah you are very magical in the way you do your routines like everything to me witnessing you is a ritual is yes. like is an opportunity to like be mystical oh yeah everything <laughs> realize it yeah. sometimes but yeah it could be and it should be I mm. think that might be the title of our next book <laughs> everything ritualize your daily life or yes. something like that yes. I could totally see that but yeah it's just like I mean for me I was going to say it's just like having fun with it like <laughs> wouldn't it be more pleasurable if you <laughs> did it this way <laughs> that's what I learned from you is like I, I, I just relax into like oh yeah it could be more fun or like, Oh yeah. Why not make it beautiful? Oh yeah. Oh my, the, why not make it more beautiful? I mean, that is something that I definitely live by. Like, and I, that, I mean, that's a lot to do with my Libra rising aesthetic and how like the wind that gives my whole, the chart, the, or the, (laughs) the, I'm breaking the analogy, but yeah, like the wind to my sails of my chart. Yes. Um, I think I actually wrote something like that down from your original, um, writing, but, or, reading, I definitely feel like, you know, okay, let's say we're sitting down right now as we are having this conversation and there's a couple crystals in front of us. You pulled some cards. Um, I put my beaded mala necklace on the table and at right around my chart. And like, it's all kind of art directed in a way that just looks very aesthetically pleasing. I mean, I guess we should take pictures after it would be cool to share, yes. <laughs> but like, that's not the purpose for it. It's literally just for us to experience sitting together and have something beautiful to look at. And I mean, that's definitely my, I wouldn't say daily routine. Cause I like, I don't want to call it a routine. Like yeah. Harvard's almost a bad word for me in that. But like the way I make my breakfast, if I was going to make a yogurt bowl with like some fruit on top, I would slice it and then like place it intentionally, you know, not like in a super rigid, crazy way, but just that looks beautiful. And I'll put a garnish on that. I don't care if no one but me is going to see it, but I have some mint from my garden and damn it, I'm going to garnish that because it's beautiful and I want a garnish breakfast. Venus. Why not? Um, it's lovely and I love living my life that way and it it takes no extra time. It just takes the tiniest bit of thought and consideration and, um, I, that's how I love to live the fuck out of my chart. You do. Your Venus is kicking. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, a thing that I had thought about before, um, we, we got together today too is like kind of 
She's like, what a happy marriage that not only are you that free and that like, yeah, I'm going to take the time to put a garnish on something, but, and you like roller skate around your, your daughter <laughs> just for fun in your own yes, studio and yes. you do these amazing things just for the fun of it. You are such a hard worker, like Saturn in the first house, yes. like Saturn and exalted in Libra. Like I trust with you that like, if we say we're going to do something, if I hand you something like to look at, like you're not going to forget about it. You know, yeah. like you yeah. really somehow also have a strong sense of work ethic and like an internal compass around, I said I was going to do that, so I'm going to do it. And I'm going to get it done in the time that I said I was going to get it done. Absolutely. And that pleases my Saturn, Saturnian side yeah. so much. And so I was, I was curious, like, do you, did you always have that, like, growing up, like, that mix of play and being a good worker? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, it's interesting, I mean, I'm like, oh, yeah, Saturn in my first house. I'm looking at that because I'd always thought about, like, my hard work, work ethic coming from my Virgo. But that, of course, makes sense. Like, Saturn in the first house being, like, and the way you were illustrating that, like, if you hand me something, you trust that I'm going to get it done. I'm like, oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I can't imagine talking to anyone and giving them anything and you like get this done and they're not going to do the thing like if anything I'm sweating if it's like 30 seconds late past the time that I said I was gonna send the thing you know or if like if I'm gonna be tardy or if like some to a work thing I'm always like texting or calling to be like hey you know there's a traffic like I just like I can't with that yes like I love as Piscean as I am with schedules when I commit to things like it's going to get done there's no not getting it done Um, And I have always been that way. I think that um, it's one of those things, you know, the old cliche saying that I love so much, like reach for the moon and if you don't make it, at least you'll land amongst the stars and just like dreaming really big and just like going for it, like always having the gusto to really do it. And my parents are so amazing that they always really empowered me to like reach big, dream big and uh, do it from the beginning. I've always had that kind of reach and that drive to to do anything. And I've always had the support system to empower me to do that. So I am so, so lucky in that. And I recognize that, but that definitely instilled in me a solid work ethic because it was kind of to what we were saying at the beginning where, oh my God, these amazing people that I love are empowering and trusting me to do a thing. I don't want to disappoint them. Yes. So it's like, I'm going to follow through and do the thing. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Be it figure skating when I was right. 10, which is another thing that we share. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Listeners, we were both competitive figure skaters as children. I mean, it's hilarious. So random. <laughs> it's so random. And we still have yet to go figure skating together. We have got to do that one day. We are. Um, We're going to do it. But so, yeah, I just, I mean, be it that or be it, you know, present day, a client trusting me to deliver whatever the fill in the blank creative project is for them. Like, I'm absolutely going to do it. Yes. As best as I possibly can. You have many talents. Um, 
re, uh, listeners may not know or may not be able to guess but that you're also an amazing chef and you were on TV. Oh my gosh, yes. I, <laughs> and you had a food blog. I did have a food blog for a really long time that led to the TV show on Food Network. Um, that was a really fun blip uh, that was like seems like ancient history now. Um, but yeah, I was on a Food Network show called All Star Academy. Um, it's season one back in the day with Bobby Flay. I was on his team. It was awesome. It ran for a season. And um, I don't think that show's on anymore, but it ran for a couple seasons. And I was on the first one. And um, yeah, I mean, that show, I can tell, like, they 100% cast me as the. Um, the I think it's so funny because you see your, like, call sheet or your. Um, the bios that they write for you that they only keep to themselves as like the characters and you see air quotes as they talk about the characters on the show and I was dubbed the southern CEO which is like okay whatever that means yeah yeah you know but they loved my um you know my business ownership my you know um my southern culinary perspective, which I think is why Bobby Flay chose me to be on his team, yes. part of it, and um, that hardworking ethic, where I mean, I would, I was fearless, and I still am fearless in the kitchen, and when I try everything and taste everything, and I have a very, um, just like, I can taste a dish and immediately know everything that's in it. Like, I, it's like, you know how people have photographic memories? Yes. I feel like I have a flavor graphic memory. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> um, and this is a, something I've honed over the years where I'm really, really good at tasting something and dissecting what's in it. And then I have enough culinary background where I can understand the basics behind how they probably made it. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, I love going home and experimenting in the kitchen and just like whipping up all of these things. It's just like cooking is one of my absolute favorite creative outlets. Astro cookbook journal in the future. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. We, yes. Another thing. Oh, there are so many projects. Um, it would be great if you could vote on Britain's, um, reviews. What you like, we'll, we'll decide what's going to be next in line. Tarot deck, Astro recipe book. Um, what was the other one? Moon planner. Yeah. Planet series. (laughs) The planet series. That's another one. You guys let us know, please in the comments and we'll get right on it. I love it. So I, I'm feeling into talking a little bit more about being an 11th house sun person and, um, and being Leo, like what that immediately would make me think is like growing up that you probably had like a lot of friends and you were like the heart of your friends, friend groups. I mean, it's so funny. I would like to think that, but I would hate to say, be like, yeah, I was definitely the center of all my friends. <laughs> I would never say that. But yeah, I definitely, um, I loved all my, I had such great friends growing up. I mean, I really just the best people. It's funny because now as a parent of a one-year-old um, and seeing other friends and family raise children, the friend groups that your kids get into are so important, yes. you know? And I think a lot of time, or I don't know, I feel like you don't have a ton of control over it. Like, uh-huh. I was really lucky to be surrounded by, um, you know, great people, great environment. My parents were, you know, had really great friends, too, that had kids that were around my same age, so we naturally became friends. And, um, yeah, I just had a really, really beautiful circle of 
of people. And um, I wouldn't say that to be like, I felt like I was the number one popular kid in school. I would not say that, but I definitely had um, a wide circle of friends that weren't all just in one genre either. Like I went to a huge high school with a thousand plus kids in my graduating class. Wow. So that was a big school. You know, it's like 4,000 plus kids at one high school. And I remember being aware of, you know how there's like different groups in school, especially like the movie Mean Girls illustrates this perfectly. There's your mean girls, there's your jocks, there's your skater kids, there's your this. And I definitely had friends and tentacles in like all the groups. Yes, (laughs) you were the Ferris Bueller. I was totally the Ferris Bueller. Not that I was that mischievous, but like (laughs) I definitely had friends everywhere and I loved it that way. And I just can't imagine... I just wanted to be friends with everyone. My guess is that everyone who's ever had contact with you, if you come up in conversation, they say, oh my God, I love Angela George. (laughs) Oh, I hope so. That would make me so happy. I guarantee it. (laughs) And then it's so perfect to me that your heart is shining in this studio space lagoon where you're bringing creatives together you're bringing groups of people together you're bringing companies you're you're creating this space that which you call a vessel and I love that Mm. you you let the space be a vessel for whatever wants to come through creatively for people and you help make that happen for others yeah absolutely um what the um I love, and I'm going to look at the mission statement that you said for me um, when you gave me my first reading, because this is something that stood out, and this is exactly that. But you said, my son's um, drive is to assert personal authority and assert my shine in constellating people together for shared hopes and dreams. And that... Like, and I put like next to that, how very Aquarian, <laughs> because the 11th house is traditionally Aquarius mm. and, um, that's where my son is. And yes, like I, that is like me, I'm using like my big arms. Like I want to gather all of my favorite people and everyone is my favorite person. <laughs> right. Sense. Like for the most part, like I just love people. I love everybody. I want like everybody to come together and I want to help like fan the flame. I want to sprinkle my shine on you. I want you to shine. I want to like be your biggest cheerleader and I want to be a vessel to help you be as creative as possible and, and give you the space to do that. And yes. that's what we built. And I'm so, so happy that we have, we have this awesome place to be. <laughs> and you married a Leo. And I married a super Leo. Like, like y'all, I thought multi-Leo. I he has a stellium plus in Leo. I want to say his five planets in Leo. Yeah, I, I've seen it once or twice. He's Gemini rising, Gemini right? Gemini rising. Yes. But Leo, sun, moon, and I'm going to forget sun, moon, Saturn, and Mercury, Venus isn't there. I forget the other. It's, I can't remember. Five yeah. planets only. So Leo. Yes. And it's at the last degree of Leo, too. So he's like that tipping point right before it could be a verb. It's got like all the as Leo as, as Leo can be. Yes. yes. As Leo <laughs> as Leo can be. And um, to gush about him just a little bit more, too, he um, 
all this Leo energy and everything. And then, but with his Gemini rising, so he is that communicator and also that like vessel of information and just like collecting all of the information all the time and all the things. And he's a creative director also. So we both share, um, share that in common. And he's an incredibly talented designer and creative in his own right. And he uses all of that creativity with paired perfectly with that Gemini rising to communicate and make beautiful things happen as well. So what would you both say, given how you gush at helping other people make their, mm-hmm. their create, creations happen and make them alive, what do you say to like mm-hmm. pop culture pictures of Leo? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> I love that. You know what does not come across in pop culture about Leos is, I think, our love and cheerleading of others yeah because it's very much people think leos are like you google leo and you see a picture of someone with big hair looking in a mirror you know and if if i pass a mirror i'm gonna look in it (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna check my hair and my makeup but that's also more of my libra rising i think to be honest more than my leo side of myself um but i think that like in terms of pop culture leo lovableness like it's the hugest part of that sign that's missed is how much we love others and want to be the biggest shining light for other people and that like I mean I will 100 I think I told you right before we started recording I was like oh I just got nervous because we're gonna have to talk about myself like yeah. I would feel so much more comfortable talking about you or talking about Matt talking about others and like shining all of my love and light on them yeah rather than about myself Although I, I do, like, once I get rolling, I'm like, oh, yeah, it is fun to talk about myself. And, yeah, tell me, <laughs> tell me more about... Ask me more questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. But I think that that's the biggest thing that I feel like gets missed a lot in Leo pop culture. Yes. I see that in you so much. Um, you're such a great gift giver. And I remember when the first time we did, um, we had that photo shoot for the workbooks and you helped us pick out our outfits. Um, oh, yes. Many listeners may know kind of like our professional <laughs> photography that we have at the back of the workbooks. Um, Angela helped pick out what we wore. And then the day of the shoot, you did my makeup. And I oh, just yes. remember feeling like so loved on <laughs> as you. And you were like, oh, yeah, I do, I do everyone's makeup. I've always done everyone's makeup. <laughs> Helping other people yeah. feel beautiful yes, is yes. what that is. It is. And it is definitely, um, I mean, that's part of the Leo thing, but also my Libra attunement to like helping people come into that energy. And I think that like doing someone's makeup, because that is something that I've done I, when I was a little theater brat kid in high school. Awesome. I did makeup for a lot of people, the hair and, and the styling and the makeup, which was so fun. And I remember helping people get into character and like doing their like old face makeup or their like other stuff. All the stage makeup was really fun. And like you're face to face with someone. Like you're it's in very so close, intimate. It is so intimate. And you're kind of talking a little bit and you're doing your thing and, you know, gra- you know that, graduating to living in the sorority house and like, you know, doing makeup with girls. And this is pre-YouTube. So there were no videos to like show you how to do the perfect cat eye. Right. <laughs> I just knew how to do that from practice and trial and error and doing that for my friends and, you know, having conversations with them when you're nose to nose talking about the boy that they want to go talk to and giving them tips on like how to flirt with them, <laughs> you know, again, like just trying to help people come at ease 
with other things while you're also helping them feel pretty or whatever yes. to do a little face, whatever. I mean, the technical things of doing that makeup application are um, secondary. It seems like more than just like the energy exchange that happens when you're that close mm-hmm. with someone. And I imagine being a producer on a shoot is like that, but extrapolated bigger where you have a whole crew of people and you're trying to yes. help everyone stay cool and calm and like yep. there's a problem oh no big deal yeah we'll we'll figure this out I yes. mean you're probably um problem solving creatively constantly as a producer would you say producer yep. am I using the right word definitely yeah um, yeah in your studio space and also helping people create like the best most exciting yes look I'm glad yes that is another big thing and it's that it's that like exchange of that constant exchange of energy with a lot of different energies in the room so let's say a big commercial fashion photo shoot um that I'd be producing there'd be a couple of stylists a stylist assistant there'd be your photographer there'd be the hand makeup person there'd be your talent there'd be multiple talent there'd be the photographer's assistant there'd be the art director the creative director there'd be the client multiple clients and then so all these different people that all have a hand in bringing this thing to life and a lot of money a lot of resources lot coming of together to bring a picture to life and as a producer, your role is to make sure that everyone, that first of all, that the perfect team has been cast. That means photographer, assistant, stylist, etc., is cast. And then that's that's one of the big things that I learned from my days working with the DSVC, um, the Dallas Society of Visual Communications, which is a creative club that we used to do big events and bring people together for that. I noted, I learned early on the value of like just casting the right characters for the room. Yes. Bringing the right people together is step one. And then once they're there, things always go awry. It just is natural. It happens. And you have to be able to roll with it and um, manage expectations and keep things in line. But it's, again, just that constant management of energy, I think, and people and being like, oh, there's a problem. No problem. Okay, here's how we fix it. And here's what we do. And here I got to make a phone call or a thing or I can just flip this way. And then just keeping people happy and in balance is I just, I I thrive at that. I love that. It's a lot of work and it can be draining. And so that's why I have other practices to help me recenter. But it is, it's just, yeah, it's one of those things, like, it's my superpower. Right. Like, the getting back again to that, all those 12th house placements mm-hmm. is um, what to do with all that information and yeah. being empowered with the energetic skill set yeah. to choose whether or not or how much you're going to take on somebody else's stress yes like you're feeling it That's it's the there yep. what is it, what do you do yeah and if you as a child growing mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. like nobody is teaching like we didn't grow up where people were talking about yeah about energetic boundaries and clearing your energy yeah. you know how great that would have been I know is that something that you talk about with your daughters? Because they're old enough now. You could, I mean, my daughter is one year old, so we're just talking about mama and dada, right? Right. right. <laughs> but like, are you able to have those conversations? We, with we them? do, but I try to keep it um, in a language style that doesn't sound like mommy's work hat, right? right. You know what I yeah, mean? Because yeah. I don't want them to feel like I'm. Um, forcing anything on them but yeah I do I do think about that a lot yeah for them because how special to share that 
Yes, to, yeah. to share. We do. There's a lot that you can tell. Like you, you'll be able to tell. You have a very watery baby. Yeah, um, she's a cancer. She's not sign. a baby anymore, no, actually, no. y'all. She's a toddler now. She just started walking, but she is a cancer sign with Pisces moon. Yes, so all the water by she'll feel it all. Saturizing though, she's Sat- gonna feel all the things. She's gonna feel it all, and so um, yeah, just a lot of coaching around like. Is that yours or someone else's? You know? I love that too. I didn't write that down in my sketchbook. I'm surprised. I remember hearing that from one of the first things, first times you meet me at, but I love that phrase so much. I use that all the time. Yes. Is this mine or is this someone else's? And it's that energy. It's so important because oftentimes, you know, when you'll find yourself like driving, I feel like for me, it's always when I'm driving and I'm like in a fake fight with someone, you know, <laughs> like, and I'm having this like mental conversation dialogue of like the fight that I'm going to get into with them when that person brings up this one thing. And it's just like, ugh, like, no, is this mine or is this someone else's? No, that is someone else's shit. Let me give it back to them yes. energetically and let that go. Like, I do not need that in my space when I'm driving south on I-75. No. Get out of here. <laughs> this is so true. And this is a good segue to another question I have for you, which is, when do you think you began to start seeing yourself as a magical person in a like very conscious way mm-hmm. and even a mystical person mm-hmm. and I, it's a two-part question like when did that really start landing and then how has your cre- your creativity your creative practices like how you approach yeah. your work shifted since you've kind of more consciously mm-hmm. felt yourself to be in the world of say witchiness or yeah. magic yeah um, I love that. So the first part of the question, like, when did you feel like you're a magical person? I would say like young adolescence, like a second I knew, you know, like I would see movies like, what's that one movie? Oh my God. Uh, the craft. Yes. <laughs> so dumb, so old, so cheesy. Um, but I remember seeing that and being like, oh my God, like, look at these cool witches, you know? <laughs> Could I do spells? Could I do that? And it's like not necessarily like wanting to do like crazy occult something, but just like, is there a power with it? It's like the question mark. So raised in a very Christian household, it's like you think, um, I don't know, like well, and there is so much in our culture about like wit- the word witch is so bad, right? Yes. And witchy things and witchy movies are like horror films that are all bad, right? But then I remember like just feeling always so drawn and interested by things like tarot. And so intrigued by that. And also in just divination of any kind, psychics and tarot. And, you know, the word witch when I was younger was still very much like people that practice devil work, it seemed like. Not that my parents ever said that, but that just seemed like, I don't know, that might be not what I am. But now that word has become a different thing, I think, the way I empower myself with mm-hmm. it. And so from a very young age, I actually got my first tarot deck when I was 15 years old. Wow, cool. And it actually fell into my lap in a certain way. Uh, <laughs> so silly. Um, do you remember the magazine, YM Magazine? Yeah, It was like a young modern magazine. I was a subscriber for many years. <laughs> and there was this... Ma- and okay, before that, I remember seeing an... Um, <laughs> This is so random, but like my parents' bathroom cabinet, like in the bottom back corner at one point, a Rider Waite tarot deck. Whoa. I did not know what it was at the time, but I knew that these cards carried some kind of mystic thing. Like I feel like I knew I had seen them and 
you know, with gypsy caricature type of people. And I was like, is my dad or my mom like a, what, why is this in my house? You yes. know, like this is so interesting to me, but I never asked them about it. And I just thought like, huh, that's interesting. Meanwhile, like I'm seeing movies like The Craft, I'm seeing other witchy things. I'm very interested by that. Very also so much interested in dreams. I kept dream journals from a very young age. Yes. And thought that that was fascinating and wanted to look at, had dream dictionaries, wanted to look up meanings of things and um, kept track of that for a long time and still do. And so I always felt that mystical calling. Always, always. And then, so... Another little thing, I was raised Catholic, which I feel like is definitely the witchiest of the Christian <laughs> Yes, let's be honest. I feel like a lot of, maybe a lot of Christians are going to get offended by me saying that, but it's definitely the witchiest of the Christian flavors, right? Like, there's, you know, the rosary, which is very much like the mala, which is very much like, you know, there's all of the other symbols and things, and we're very comfortable with that, as, as am I. Incense. So, incense, and yes, candles, you burn the candles for the things, all of that. And so that all feels very comfortable and natural to me. And um, so from a young age, I thought that was amazing. My very first tarot deck came to me through a YM magazine at the age of 14 or 15. And I didn't even really know that it was a tarot deck, I don't think. I just knew that these cards were cool. And it was so cheesy. I remember the title was called, like, Love Tarot or something like that. <laughs> like, use these cards to ask questions about your love life. Just like most horoscopes were written for magazines like that. Um, but I was always also very interested in horoscopes um, and loved that I was a Leo because I thought, like, that's a cool mascot, you know? I'm thinking of it like a mascot, like, yes. and, you know, your high school mascot or something. And I just would always read those, and I would play with my little tarot deck for years. I had this thing. I remember, like, coming all through high school. I remember playing with it, like, secretly. Like, I kept it in my secret place in my room, you know? It was, like, a very precious thing to me. And this little paper perforated deal that I tore out of the magazine and I um, didn't realize until, let's fast forward to now, when I'm fully immersed in this, mm-hmm. I actually, I lost track of the tarot deck. I mean, I, I don't know where I probably got, you know, thrown away years later, but I would use it all through high school and college even, coming back home and like coming to my little tarot deck. Wow. <laughs> it's since gone to the others. And I remember finding it on eBay. I bought that magazine and I bought it back kind of recently and I was like, Oh my God, this is a legit, kind of legit tarot deck. It only had the major arcana cards that were in it, but I bought it and I was like, this is a real tarot deck. And it had kind of the explanations for it. We're all written a little bit cheesy for like love language, but they were pretty true. Like for, you know, the world card, the full card being, you know, initiation and like starting something new and they're, you know, sentence statements for each card but they were pretty accurate for what tarot is and I was just like wow I've been practicing this since I was 15 like I am in love that you went and found that magazine I oh I bought yeah yeah. That is so adorable. <laughs> I had to get my first one back. Um, and I was so curious, too, to, like, almost, like, prove to myself that I had been doing this that long. Yes. Like, <laughs> Practicing for yeah. 30 years. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I was just like, okay, cool. And then um, I, I guess the second part of your question was, like, seeing yourself as a magical person now and how that changes things. And 
Um, I'm not sure that it, it doesn't change my creativity or what I do at all now, but it does empower me more with knowing how I can use, like I said, almost like my superpowers. Like I know that I have this ability to deeply intuitively connect with someone and read between the lines of what they're saying. Mm -hmm. I, I find that a lot with my clients that they'll, t and everybody does this. People, you say one thing, but you really mean another thing. Yes. And you have to be coaxed in the right way to get that out of you. And um, I'm really good at attuning to that and getting information out of it. It sounds like I'm interrogating someone, it's not, but like about getting to the root of what someone needs because I want to give you what you want, you know? Yes. But a lot of times we're just bad at saying what we want, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's so funny because I know that I am not the best at that when it comes to like my emotional needs sometimes. Like I'm not the best at articulating that. And my husband is such a great balance to that and helping me. Um, say what I need or whatever when I need it but um it's just it's interesting how I have that gift with other people but oftentimes I have trouble just coming right off the gate and communicating what I would need yes you know yes yes yeah. totally but so that because of that I would just assume that everybody has trouble with that and I'm like using my powers to help them yes <laughs> and you're very good and working with you <clears throat> as a as your partner in this business uh, it has been so fun because before, at every monthly meeting, we set the space and care for it. And sometimes we'll forget to do that. And then we giggle like, what are we doing pretending we're not witches? <laughs> this isn't a meeting for muggles. This is not. That's what, <laughs> that's what you said. That's my favorite. I giggle about that all the time. What is this, a meeting for muggles? <laughs> what are we doing? Get to light some candles. Get some, like, get some crystals out here right now. <laughs> Right. You now have built a career as a very successful one as an amazing astrologer, and you are fully in every facet of living that. I still took the line and the balance of working in the day to day with other clients and other people and producing other things where it would be a little weird, maybe. Like, you know, let's say Neiman Marcus comes into my space and they're like, okay, we're going to have a photo shoot for the same. Like, wait a minute, let me light my candle. Let me light my candle and get my crystals out. They'd be like, what the fuck? Okay. So. They're like, let's state our intentions. Yeah. <laughs> My guess is you are energetically doing it for yourself yes. and, and other people, <laughs> yeah. if I know you. For sure, for sure, yes. <laughs> and it works beautifully. It still works. Yes. Yeah. It does. <laughs> One of my favorite things that um, I definitely don't want to forget this, drawing this out of your chart, your house of creativity, right? Yeah. The fifth house yeah. is ruled by Aquarius. Yes. Aquarius, which is ruled by Saturn, like hardworking, right? Saturn mm -hmm. combination of just do your loner work and, you know, working for what's best for other people. But let's also think about how Aquarius wants to be different, future, unexpected, yeah. like giving people what they haven't realized they want yet. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think about a line you, the story you told me once about, you know what I'm getting at? Do you, you tell the story? Yes. I know what you're going to say. This is another one of my mantras that I've lived by for a long time. 
And it's funny because I said this in context of, I don't remember what, probably one of our creative presentations, but then you pointed out how Aquarian that is. Because I looked at my fifth house, or when I look at my chart, I'm like, I don't really have, I have the series. I have series, uh, one of the asteroids Mm -hmm. um, that's there. But I'm just like, I don't really have a whole lot going on there. So I've never thought of myself as a very Aquarian person. But... This statement is, and this is what a mantra that I like to live by a lot. It came from a mentor of mine a long time ago, a couple mentors, uh, Karen Hibma Cronin and uh, Michael Cronin, no longer here apparently. Michael Cronin, sadly, is no longer here, but he, um, they are an incredible husband and wife duo and couple that mentored Matt and I for a long time. Um, and they gave this talk once. Um, they're also incredibly talented branding creatives. And they give this talk once about, you know, with many pearls of wisdom, but the biggest one that stood out was in talking about how oftentimes your clients will come to you and say, let's say a logo. We want our logo to be better than this logo, or we want our ad to be better than that. We want to compare this to that and make it better. And they said, no, scratch all that. Different is better than better. Mm. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. Like different is better than better. So like yes. I, and then it like light bulbs went off and I was like, that's kind of one of the things how I've lived a lot of different avenues in my life. When I think about fashion or makeup or hair or like, like superficial things where I've always kind of a little bit thought about wanting to be a little different. Like I don't want to be this shoebox picture of what's in the store window. I want to take that and make it different in a cool way and surprise you. Kind of like how you're talking about with design that you've observed yes. before. Like I want that aha factor and that surprise and that difference is better than better because it is. And it's really <laughs> hard to be different right now, is. like especially with such a saturation in our visual like culture now with Instagram and all the things like there's so many different avenues to see so many different things. So that can be tough when you're comparing yourself to others, but just like, I love that filter internally for myself. Um, cause it's so easy to go down a rabbit hole of, yeah, it gets you out of the genre. comparative. Yes. It gets you a little bit out of that comparative. I mean, you still are comparing cause it's like, well, I don't want to make sure I'm not doing the same thing. Right. It's better. different. <laughs> I want to, I don't want to do the same thing better. I want to do different. So how do I look at something and make it totally different because different is better than better. Yes. Always. Yes. I love that yes. so much. And you brought that to our projects yes. in such unexpected, startling, exciting mm. yes. ways. Thank you, Karen Hibma and Michael Cronin. Yay. I love you so much. You are such wonderful people for that pearl. Yeah. <laughs> it's so mm. sweet to honor them. Well, tell me as like a final question, mm. um, like you know that I'm into vulture magic mm. and shedding and emerging and letting the life, death, life um, live inside of us. Yeah. What do you feel like is kind of shedding for you right now and what feels like it's emerging? Mm. I mean, I feel like I'm always in a constant pattern of shedding past insecurities, mm -hmm. you know? I think at the beginning... Um, at the beginning of my career on my own. So there's the beginning of my career when I graduated college, got the big job at the big ad agency, was like working up that ladder. And like, I literally got my dream job right out the gate where it's like, who, how does that happen? That was great. Yes. I was like, Oh my God, I'd always dreamt that one day I would be at this ad agency, which was very prolific. And, um, it was 
so awesome. So I was like, okay, wow, I, I, I got this as my job one. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give it everything. And I did that for seven years I was there. And it was great. I learned so much there. But then after that, I started my own career on my own. And there was a lot of huge imposter syndrome at the time that I have found myself slowly shedding over the years where it's like, oh my God, can I do this on my own? Am I worthy? Am I good enough? Am I talented enough? Do people want what I have to sell? Am I like all of the most crippling insecurities um, that I just like trudged my way through? And then before I knew it, I look back and I was like, wow, five years has passed. Why am I still asking myself if I'm good enough? Like I have sustained myself. Yes. And, like not even just that, like I've thrived. Like I took a little bit of reflection after trudging through that. And, um, I think, you know, this is, I'll bring back another one of my favorite quotes of yours that I have in another journal of mine that um, I live by now today was that how would you live today if you knew that everything you hoped and dreamed for were going to work out tomorrow? Mm-hmm. You know, and I imagine that a lot because like I'll be so stressed about something, this one project that I have coming up and all of the like imposter syndrome, you know, word vomit is coming up in my brain. And then it's like, no, it's all going to work out. Like, how would I live my today better if I knew that everything was going to work out tomorrow? Mm. And my answer to that is like, I would enjoy it so much more. <laughs> like that's happened to me so many times where I've gone through this whole experience just like so anxious because I'm so worried about how it's going to work out. And then it works out so beautifully. And then I look back like, damn it, I wish I would have enjoyed it more. Like that was really great. And it all worked out and it's all perfect. So I think that there were so many years in talking about vulture magic of what I'm shedding. That's still a constant practice always, you know, and getting to the next level of realizing where I am being, um, just like acknowledging and proud, not in a like, conceited way or whatever about what I've accomplished, but just been like, yeah, I fucking did that. And I've done a great job at that. And I'm going to continue to deliver on that. The only question is like, what next can I do different, not better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and just, yeah, bring, bring more to the table and have fun all along the process. And, um, that's what I'm constantly shedding and working on. And it'll be a lifelong practice, I think. And that's okay. It should be, right? Yeah. I feel like that was maybe a new moon in Virgo. It was. Um, yeah. Like an IG Live, yep. maybe. Yep. And I remember you uh, showing, sending me a photo of your journal where you wrote that out. And that was so, it's so sweet when I feel someone, you especially, like really resonating. And of course, that's coming from my own. My own, like, lack of trust that it will work out. And, like, oh, my God, what happens when you just settle into, oh, it's all unfolding, like, even better than you could even imagine? What does that do? Yes. It's the most freeing, beautiful, (laughs) wonderful thing. It really is. And it, for me, has allowed me to do my very best work. Way better than, not that I didn't do good work when I was super anxious. I still feel like I got a lot of great work done. But when I look back on that, 
I just wish I would have enjoyed it more. Yes. I would have enjoyed, and I would have enjoyed that process so much more, knowing that it was going to work out. So we can't always. We don't. We're not all fortune tellers. We don't all have an intuition to be like, I know this job's going to be great. But it's almost a little bit of that fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. I guess if you want to compare it that way. And, um, which I have used some of those, like even body posture techniques before where it's like using the body language to like trick your body into thinking that you're, are more secure than you are feeling. (laughs) And it works. It does where I just, yeah, I want to enjoy everything. That's my Leo son to a T. I always want to be playful. I always want to have fun. I want to roller skate on a Tuesday afternoon (laughs) because I can with my daughter in the studio and it's going to be fun and beautiful and wonderful. And, um, I'm going to crush it with my clients. That's correct. And you do. Um, what it's emerging What's emerging? Oh, so many projects. <laughs> the first thing, though, is my daughter. I mean, I think yeah. about my daughter emerging. She's one years old now. She just turned one in June, at the end of June, and she just started walking. And to see her, the word emergence, and to see her literally emerging as a human, beautiful, fresh soul in this world. Oh, my God. I say fresh soul. She's actually an ancient soul. Mm. She's much older than I am. I can tell already. (laughs) But she's a young baby human. (laughs) Yes. And just seeing her, like, toddling around now and, like, coming to life literally and learning new things every day is just, like, that's what's emerging. I'm emerging as a mother. Yes. I mean, that's what's happening right now. I've changed dramatically that way I mean that is so interesting I remember when we were looking at Pluto conjunct Pluto in my chart at the time whenever I um or square Pluto something like that whenever. you were in a Pluto yes. square yes. maybe that first time yeah when or I maybe even birth. now almost. or now still because it's there still well yeah it's yeah. You're finishing it. I'm finishing it. But when I gave birth, I was Pluto. It was square. Pluto, square Pluto. And it's like Pluto in my first house, squaring Pluto as it happened when I gave birth. And it's like, oh, wow, massive transformation. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember thinking about that before being like, oh, I don't want to change because I like who I am. Yes. Yes. But I'm so proud of how I'm changing and feeling that and shedding that and changing as a mom. I mean, you do, you have to die to who you were before and you are this new person now. And I love the new person that I am now. Cause it's almost like all of that other stuff that I'm shedding, it's easier to shed. Yeah. And now, um, I'm just like taking all of those lessons and like easily trudging forward. Like, here we go. I got this. <laughs> With my sweet little baby. Thank you for being yeah. here. Thanks for coming on Moon to Moon and sharing your spirit. Thank you for having me. Thank it you for being joy. my dear friend and treasure. <laughs> oh, Brynn, thank you. Oh my gosh. It's really my honor to be here. Um, and for this everything. I just love it so much. <laughs> thank you.
Thank you, Angela, for so many things. Oh my goodness. Thank you for spending time with me for Moon to Moon. Thank you for being who you are and living the fuck out of your chart and teaching us so much about what it means to skillfully live your Libra, Virgo, and Leo, among other signs. Listeners, if you were inspired by our conversation, I hope you will move over to the In Case of Emergence website, incaseofemergence.com, and pick up the Leo workbook. Um, Leo is just really central to our experience of our charts, our experience of our human story. Leo's the only sign that's ruled by the sun, and the sun is the center. The sun is our conscious light. And wherever you have a sun in your chart, wherever it's placed, whatever sign it's in, whatever house it's in, what your sun, so astrology teaches us, experiment with me that this might be possible. The idea then is that wherever your sun is, what it most cares about is how you live the fuck <laughs> out of your the house where you have Leo. Like, this is what your assignment is. Okay, so like, the more I just go full Pisces, the more I can serve what my Leo wants is for me to be like creating, for me to be expressing myself, for me to perform, for me to be seen, for me to be like in this like very um, uh, open-hearted space of letting my abundance come through. And so it is in every chart that there's this connection between the house where your son is and the house where you have Leo. And of course, it gets complicated and deeper if you have different other planets in those spaces. And that's something you can work out yourself or with an astrologer. But like a really important thing about your chart is how you understand yourself in the department of life that is related to the house where you have Leo. And so whether it's through my workbook or whatever you, whatever you want to use as a tool. I consider the workbooks tools. They're tools to help you attune to yourself and to your lived experience. If you want to live your Leo, I'm encouraging you to explore our workbook, Living the Signs Leo, which we call the star because the sun is the star of our solar system. And, um, I'm going to have that link in the bio. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Um, please follow Angela and I at in our In Case of Emergence Instagram. If you are feeling inspired by our collaboration, we have a lot of really big announcements coming. More creations are coming through. We love, love, love this because we just would like to be creating with each other around the clock which we pretty much are. <laughs> we are living our dreams. We are living our dreams and cheerleading each other all the way and having a blast. 
I'm so, so, so lucky to have this star in my life. Thank you, Angela.